I'm always going to probably err on the side of the romantic notions of just about anything. I, I, I think I think like philosophers and mathematicians, I kind of want to think in ideal cases uh, and manipulate the ideal cases in my mind to try to figure out something and then try to retroactively apply that newly found truth um, back to reality. I've been driving about 10 hours, not far from my destination, and so far I've listened to uh, an entire book. Uh, if you're curious, it was the uh, recent, relatively recent translation of Roadside Picnic. I forget the name of the authors, unfortunately. Uh, Russian authors, very well-known Russian book, uh, which became both the video game and movie Stalker. So, um, very interesting book, very different from what I expected. I didn't really have a lot of expectations, actually. It's a slow-moving book in which the characters are doing most of the most of the time they're just thinking inside their heads, actually. And I, I haven't been exposed to a lot of Russian literature, but it feels like from the sort of ambient uh, awareness that you get from popular media exposure, I suppose, and from some esoteric media exposure. But it feels like that, that is a good description of what a Russian novel can be, is people doing a few things and then thinking a lot, which makes the movie translation you know, even harder to imagine. And the movie decided to just take some of the ideas and, and rearrange everything else and take out, surprisingly, take out most of the actual action that happens in the books, or in the book, which is kind of surprising given the movies are mostly based on action. But it was an interesting book, and, and, and from the very first few words, it is a science fiction novel, but it's really a novel about an individual kind of coming to grips with uh, his... I don't know, his, his sort of parasitic existence, uh, his, his, his self-definition based on, uh, you know, commerce. There's, a, there's an afterword of the book. I think they might have said it was an epilogue, but it's not an epilogue. It's really an afterword. It's about 26 minutes long or so. And that was based on uh, one of the surviving authors. I think one of them is dead. But based on the difficulty they had in getting that novel published. Now, kind of like the novel itself, <clears throat> there are sort of tedious passages uh, of kind of listing, over-listing examples, but um, but it was, it was from the very outset a story meant to fill a need. Uh, an anthology which was all stories that were based on the idea of, of unusual alien contact. And in, in, in this book, the alien contact is most of the time just incidental to the story. There are a couple of points where two of the characters sit down. Uh, the story is written in four parts, uh, three parts, um, with a different central character in one of the parts. Uh, but two of the characters sit down in that other part, 
uh, with a different central character, and just talk about what what it means to have the alien presence having happened on Earth, which is actually the the place where the name of the story, Roadside Picnic, comes from. Really quite remarkable, uh, read by uh, Robert Forster, which added a whole different spectrum <laughs> to the to the uh, enjoyment of the of the of the book. He did a fantastic job. Uh, he, for the most part, is just Robert Forrester with his sort of almost folksy American voice. But he actually changes a little bit in, in three or four locations for a couple of different characters. And it kind of shows you almost, in a way, he shoves aside his natural affectations, which is a, a voice actor trick, uh, which I admire. But the, the, the very notion of, of driving, you know, the, the story is about kind of aliens who've driven by a location, had uh, an effective roadside picnic and moved on, and people are examining the things they've left behind. Uh, and I think maybe it's synchronized with the idea of me driving for these long, this long period of time. But I'm also kind of, I'm kind of enjoying it. It's been a long day, but... The, the notion of having the time where, yes, I'm focused on the road, I'm, I'm physically engaged with that process, but I'm not as mentally engaged with that process. Much like walking, it allows me to have this, this parallel experience of what's going on. I get, to, I get to indulge in the book and a couple of radio shows or podcasts, um, which is the same reason that I kind of like to walk. I try to do the same. And so my romantic notion is, wouldn't it be nice to drive a lot? You know, every day, people talk about these two-hour commutes they have for work, and that is a tremendous amount of driving to do every day for work. Uh, one of my friends has a 40-minute commute, which is tremendous. Uh, and there is a lot of difficulty to that, especially when the weather is bad. But I, I'm kind of jealous of the alone time that, that presents and the opportunity where you can fill your ears and fill your mind with things. So I, I don't think I'm going to take up a life of driving anytime soon, but I've had, a, I've had a dream for years of getting an RV and driving to weird places. Uh, it's one of the reasons I think that I, I like uh, uh, ghost encounters. Even as dubious as their actual investigations are, and as hyper-dramatic as they are to the responses to the smallest hint of any sort of activity, they are living a dream to be traveling from place to place, on effectively on someone else's dime, uh, and being able to... to to then indulge in a pastime of investigation, to indulge in a kind of a big role-playing game, to be honest. So I don't know what job I will ever get with that. I don't think that roving GM is never going to be my role. I'm not that good enough at a GM. Maybe I could be better. I'm not really a reporter. Uh, I'm not a stand-up comedian or anything like that. The jobs that usually have a lot of mobility in them. But I remember... Um, hearing about, uh, uh, oh shoot, uh, uh, Stuart McLean. Stuart McLean used to travel with the Vinyl Cafe program for CBC. And he, once in a while with that program, it wasn't 
uh, a variety show or a, or a combination show so much as it was about him just talking about how he lived his life. And he would go into a town a few days before uh, a show that he was going to host, and we'd kind of get to know the area, and he would write, he would sit in coffee shops, and he would write down ideas, and a few days later would be turning into stories he would tell on stage. People he met, legends he'd heard about, uh, local local lore, and I, I, I was simply amazed that someone could be doing that. Now, he was a tremendous storyteller, uh, and he had this incredible likability to him uh, that, you know, I, I could never emulate. He did, he, started, he did that for 30 years, uh, I think before he even started the Vinyl Cafe. But uh, still, an idealist, I dream. I apologize for the audio quality. I decided to record it this way just to see because I want to do something different. I've been wandering out loud. I am marked the encaffeinated one, and I'm neither here nor there, but somewhere in between. And with any luck, I'll talk to you again tomorrow, and it won't sound quite like this.